This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so we're going to talk here in a little bit about uh, Sepulcher's Desert of Paradise. Um, I, I want to apologize for the time gap between podcasts. I think the last podcast we put out was about the PDJ, so that had to be at least three or four weeks ago. Um, so we're all done with our summer events, and it has been hot so um, all of you, all first of all, all of the people participating in this call are all my Patreon supporters. Thank you. Yay. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and as a bizarre thing, all four of you have been here before. Although, um, and three of you were here this year. So, Katie, you were always over there in Hawaii, uh, but... But you were here, like, what, was it three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, and three years ago, I believe on that summer, it never got over 100. I don't know mm. if, if it got over 100 while you were here or not. No, it definitely did not. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a there would be a warm day, but you'd still feel fine going outside and working on stuff. I mean, it's pretty dry here, so... You know, the whole thing, but it's a dry heat. And so I imagine you, being from Hawaii, thought it was perfectly comfortable here the whole time you were here. It was lovely. It was a little cold in the, in the morning. In the morning. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we do have temperature fluctuations, which I imagine in Hawaii, how cold does it get? Because during the day, it's like it's going to hit 80 every day. But no. Then, no, okay. But what are, what are the temperature fluctuations like in Hawaii? It tends to go between like 70 and 80 almost all the time. A little, little cooler and rainier, um, in the winter. More often like 82, it might get up to 86 or something in the summer. And in the winter, at the coldest time at night, it might get to 68 or even 58. And it's so cold. <laughs> Everyone gets out their sweatshirts and our big fuzzy slippers and we roast marshmallows and eat cocoa because it's 58. So in our our time during the three events, I think the coldest it probably ever got was probably 50. Uh, I think one morning it may have gotten down to 46, and we considered that a very cold morning. But the weird thing is, is that we've had probably at least 16 days where it so far this summer, and, and today is July 31st. Uh, so, so far this summer, we've had 16 days at least where it got over 100. And um, it has just been brutal. I visited with a neighbor yesterday. He's 81 years old, and he says this is the hottest it has ever been. So, for um, for those, it's like Oakland was here for the entire six weeks of summer events. And yeah, that was hot. <laughs> yeah. It was stupid hot. 
Kyle was here for two weeks. Mark, unfortunately, is only here for a few days. But um, I, I, and then I think Mark never was here for the for the hot stuff. Uh, I think uh, how hot did it get when you were here, Mark? Yeah, I think it was like in the low nineties. The couple days I was there, it never got over a hundred though. Yeah, we had we hit a hundred and seven one day, and um, uh, but a whole bunch of days of like a hundred and two, hundred and three, you know, stuff like that. In fact, right now outside it is a hundred and four. Um, as we're recording this, and, and uh, all right, the the thing is, is that. The, the heat this year has been just brutal. Um, and I I kind of feel like the PDJ and the skip event were just, um, I'm going to say, a little bit ruined by the heat. And I, and I think that we came up with some things to help mitigate the heat fairly well. But after the event, I started a thread about how to mitigate the heat even further. And... Uh, uh, and so I kind of I kind of want us to do a lot lot more next year to be prepared in case the heat hits again, which hopefully it won't. But normally I would say most of our summers up until this last summer had some hot days too, but this has been far too hot this year. But most of our summers we, we never even see a hundred, and so this has been this has been so bizarre. So. Uh, Yep. Go ahead, Katie. I should probably say that Hawaii is a lot of places in one place, and that was specifically where I am in Hawaii. But I also wanted to ask you, how normal is it to have a hundred degree day? Um, I would. I'm going to say most of our summers we don't see a hundred. You know, and and most of our summers it's like a hot day uh, is like ninety. You know, um, we might even get up to ninety five for a day. In this um, but a lot of the a lot of the summers it's like a high of of eighty six or something like that, um, and so then of course at night it gets fairly cool. It usually gets down to fifty or so, maybe fifty five at night, and uh, it's all we've got to do is leave our windows open at night, and it cools off the interior. And then we, we close them up at about you know eight or eight thirty in the morning, and then that'll keep you plenty cool. Um, throughout the day, but when it's like hitting a hundred over and over and over and over again, it's, it's it tends to not cool off enough at night, and uh, the the heat is so much that you know our little protection seems to be not quite cutting it. So while it's 104 outside right now, it's 81 in my office, which is on the south side of this uh, building. A lot better than 104. Still a little warm. You know, I'm pretty grateful that it's gotten so warm where you guys are because I would love warm weather solutions, and you guys are so good at coming up with solutions that uh, it's it's extremely useful for people who are too warm. So, Opalyn, you were here for um, the hottest part, uh, for all the heat. You got to bask in the glow of all that heat, um, and so we had uh, some some solutions. I think we, I've got a lot of ideas to do much better than we did this year, but. I think on short notice we did okay. I think on short notice you all did great. And my two favorites were Time in the River and um, the ice pop, the icicle juice fruit things that you brought us. 
And I was I was very uncomfortable with the popsicle. So basically, when the temperature got over 96, then we activated the popsicle fairy. And about half the time, I was the popsicle fairy. And so taking those little popsicle, I'm not sure if popsicle is the right word, but there are those tubes, and then they have frozen fruit juice in them. And so like push-up pops or something? Yeah, yeah. And so I'd hand those out, and uh, about once an hour until you know dinner time. Um, I think I think that that helped, but but of course you no know, single use plastic. So um, I think I think next year we'll not get those, and instead we will do um, uh, uh, slushy delivery. So, Ooh. you know, well, uh, lots of ice cubes and then the blender. And then we've got, cause some of the people didn't want the little popsicles because they were, uh, fruit juice, which is effectively a type of sugar. And I kind of feel like, no, you've got to do something. You're after working in the heat. You've got to do something. And uh, I think the other thing to do is to go around with those, all those different kinds of misters. You have stainless steel misters. And um, and everybody needs to get spritzed, I think. And even if it's going to be nothing more than just simply washing your hands. But um, I also think that the stuff that you put around your neck and different people have different things. Even just a simple bandana, boy, that really makes a big difference in the heat. Um, mm-hmm. Keep your yeah. ears wet. Now, Katie, I, I'm not sure this is going to work for you in Hawaii because – I think an ingredient that makes it work here in Montana is the um, is is how dry it is here. So then, as the water evaporates off the bandana, you get you get chilled a lot. Whereas I think in Hawaii, isn't it pretty humid there? It's quite humid in in some areas. Some areas more than others. But even in the humid areas, there is still some evaporation. So um, the misters. And a, a cold uh, bandana will help, but you don't want to do that too much because you don't want to get your skin too humid all the time. But, Paul, Paul, are you saying that you miss the misters? <laughs> You're just fucking with me now, right? This mister, this mister here missed those, misses those misters. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's where you're going with it. Yes. I, I think that they were, um, so, so then whoever, if there's a fella who's misting, is he Mr. Mister? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if there's a not fella, then it might be a Miss Mister. And now, and now Opalyn's been away from that fella, and so she missed Mr. Mister. <laughs> well, if you had some siblings, you could have some Sister Misters. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. I, I I think that slushies would be better because then you could sweeten with stevia, and on top of that, there's no none of that plastic stuff. And so uh, I think that would be uh, much better. But but most importantly, I think we need a rich list of of projects that happen in Cooper Cabin because. Uh, when it was 104 outside, it would be 74 inside of Cooper Cat. And, and so people just loved it. So I don't know, uh, Oakland, did you spend any time in, in Cooper Cabin on a hot I day? I did. 
I did. It was one of the hot days. We packed Cobb into the wall, low-grade Cobb, and it was 70 degrees, I think, when we got there and first all of us walked in, and I don't even think it reached 74 after we'd all gone in and out a dozen times and had an extra 10 bodies in there working. It was amazing to be in there. Kind of crazy, isn't it? How, it was how lovely. Yeah, how delicious it is. I think I think that's going to be the number one solution. But mm-hmm. near, nearby, you're working on the uh, people were working on the, the the rocket sauna, and it's like, uh, oh, I'm getting hot. They could just go into Cooper Cabin and just sit in there for like 10, 15, 20 minutes and get plenty cool and then head back out. Because once you've been inside someplace cool, going out into the 104-degree heat isn't such a big deal. It's when you've been out at 104 for two hours, then it's kind of like, man, this is getting old in a hurry. So Even the berm shed was, was a little bit cooler than, than the stuff around it. And I think we'll do more the, more next year to have the berm shed in better shape. Uh, somebody did something weird in one of the cells, and they – They've shuffled a bunch of woods so you couldn't sit in there. And it's kind of like, uh, and I kept asking people, could we go clean it up? But, and this brings me to the next thing I want to talk about just briefly before we get into Seth Holzer's Desert of Paradise. And, and that is that we were really low on boots during our summer events this year. Um, and so I, I think that uh, having plenty of boots in the boot camp during our summer events makes our summer events much nicer the boots can take on uh, a lot of stuff. And it's like, you know, get all that wood moved out of there. Aye, aye, captain! And then they move it. Um, as opposed to this year where it was like, it was so crazy hot and we're low on boots. We're perpetually saying we got to get more water. And, uh, okay, all right. So one of the things is, is that... Um, a couple months ago, we had more than a dozen boots in the boot camp, and now we're down to just three. And um, and I think the heat was part of that. I think I think a lot of the boots that were going to come back to the boot camp after the summer events kind of got cooked out. They were like, oh, I decided to move along. And then uh, I think that there was nine different people who were asking me questions about being in the boot camp that had arrived for the summer events. And I thought maybe five of them would end up being in the boot camp. So we would have like more than a dozen boots in the boot camp right now. But I think, uh, again, the heat, it just uh, it just really takes the, the soup out of you. And so, um, yeah, we got three boots left. And um, my devious plot on world domination um, requires two major components, uh, one of which is permies, and we're doing a lot of work there. Stuff is moving forward on permies, but, but you know, we're growing. The, the site is growing in the way we need it to grow. But the other side is, is that we need to finish some projects over here. So that way, when we have proven annualized thermal inertia, then we have a place to announce it. In order to do a freezer Wafati project, we need more boots. For all these projects that we've got lined up and we need to get them done, we need more boots. And so right now, that's the bottleneck for everything everywhere. 
and uh, I sent out a monthlyish today, basically spelling out how um, uh, I'm going to um, pay big bucks for video. Now, that's another thing, too, is that we, um, I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm not sure during the PDJ and the skip events, I don't think very many people, I didn't see anybody videoing anything at any time. So, um, but I kind of feel like the stuff that we were working on was video worthy. And, and it would be cool to have videos of that stuff. But, um, I tried to put it out there to say, like, I'll pay for YouTube videos, but I kind of got the impression that no one was really going to do that. Uncle Mud has been posting, uh, some video from that one. And then he started posting videos from the 2019 uh, ATC, which is the equivalent of the PDJ, just a couple of days ago. So there's a bunch of little short videos on that one. I kind of feel like the thing that I'm requiring for my channel is possibly a little bit more editing than what Mud does. Yes, his are uh-huh. informal. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Ooh, what a delicious euphemism. <laughs> it's kind of like you watch this five-minute-long video, and you kind of think, I think everything in there could have been covered in about 20 seconds. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of talking to Rodney, you know. <laughs> so, um, it's fine. But no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking for something a little bit tighter, I guess, in the editing department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I also uh, so we've already got people asking about whether or not uh, the October event, the Rocket Master Jamboree, is going to be videoed. And uh, uh, now we're getting some people asking if the January event, the Garden Master Course, is going to be videoed. And in both cases, I'm saying I'm not at this time. Um, so I kind of feel like if we could get some boots here that are like regular YouTube video people and uh, mm-hmm. they might turn into people that video some of these events and uh, and maybe somebody will come to an event and video enough of it that we could make a movie out of it. So I put a bounty up of $3,000 for a movie of one of these but I'm also offering a bounty of 300 to $400 for a YouTube video. It's mm. um, a lot. Yeah, I think so too and um and uh, I got to say that if I put out a video uh, every other day, which is my goal, um, then the amount of money that I would get from the Patreon, so it's patreon.com slash pwvid. So I've got two Patreon accounts. One is for uh, the podcasts like this, and the other one is for the videos. That's So the, the podcast one is... Uh, Patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton, and the video one is Patreon.com. So um, if I do a video every other day, because my Patreon uh, stuff is set up to pay me by the artifact, so PW Vids pay by the video, and the, um, the, the podcast one be paid by the podcast. If I put out a, a video... Every other day, I think I end up getting something like $35 a video from Patreon. And so, yeah, to pay several hundred dollars and going into the red. But I kind of feel like if, I mean, 
You guys were here. You saw the stuff that we have. How much of the stuff that we have here has no video representation whatsoever on YouTube? Oh, I think a lot? Quite, quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, like 90% of the cool stuff we have has zero video representation on YouTube, and there's some pretty cool stuff. Now, you guys have seen the, the Bernal Brothers videos, the animations that have been going out the last few days, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys do an amazing job. And by the way, um, uh, I think that tonight, for all the Patreon people that are signed up to PW Vids, there will be a video that is 11 minutes long, and it is announcing the results of our 2021 com Permaculture Leader Maestro Awards. Um, and so I don't know how many of you have been following that at all, but we had a poll. We had yes, a, the survey. Well, that, yeah, so Nicole set up that poll saying, who are the permaculture leaders? And there were 133 nominations. And, they, and she offered three different kinds of polls. And so um, then people said, well, yeah, but, you know, the results of your polls are going to reflect just what the permies.com community is into. It doesn't reflect the greater permaculture community. So it's it's skewed. And I'm like, well, I like it skewed. <laughs> I, I like this kind of skew. Um, and uh, But fair enough. So then I kind of got to thinking, all right, so what I did was is that we selected the top 46. And uh, for everybody that's alive and we can find their contact information, we sent them all um, an email and said, please rank the person that you think has contributed the most to permaculture leadership at 100 points. And if somebody uh, has done half as much as that person, give them 50 points. And feel free to give as many people as many points as you like. So we got the results back, and um, the Bernal Brothers made a, a fantastic 11-minute animated movie about it. So we've got kind of like our Academy Awards for permaculture. It's, it's really nice. Mm. Uh, they even had he. They even drew me wearing a little bow tie. <laughs> but snow with overalls, right? Oh well, yeah, duh. I'm <laughs> uh, barefoot, wearing overalls, and uh, and I got my hat, and uh, um, and my hat. I don't know if you guys knew this, but you see my purple hat, right? Right? You no. Oh, wait, is that like, it's like a top hat? hat, right? It's oh, like, okay. It's like ten times more glorious than some top hat. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like a top hat, sure, sure. <laughs> and, uh, but what you might not know is that my hat has clothes. And so there's, it has, so there's like three different outfits it has. And, uh, and so one of the outfits is the leaves that go around, and then it's got a little flower that sticks out the top. And then there's another outfit where it's got like a little formal vest that it wears with a little chain on it and stuff like that. It's a fancy. So it, so basically my hat was dressed in its fanciest garb um, for this video. But all right, the thing is, 
is that the people that are my Patreon supporters at PWVids will get to see the resulting video today. And because, uh, like, both for the podcast and the PWVids, they get access for, like, a week before it goes public. And so um, the Patreon slash PWVids people are going to see the results of all of, of the Maestro Awards uh, a week before everybody else. <clears throat> so they'll they'll know who the winners are. Um, there you go. I, 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 the, the thing I was trying to get at is, is that we've done this thing for $300 to $400 for YouTube videos, all in an attempt to try to get more uh, boots here because I think some people arrive in the boot camp and they, you know, want to bring in some extra coin. Now, the BRK has done pretty well. A lot of the people that have hit 100 posts in the BRK um, have gotten, like, more than $2,000. And and so I think Dez has rung that bell at least three times now. Mm-hmm. And Des has now, I believe Des has now been here a full year. Um, and now there is another person that has put up $30,000. And so the first three boots to hit 700 posts in the BRK will each get $10,000. Wow. 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 Yeah. So um, uh, all in an effort to try to fill the boot camp because, you know, if the boot camp's full, we're getting all our stuff done and all of our experiments are moving forward. Um, whereas just three boots, we're moving forward very slowly. We're spending a lot of time just on maintenance. Um, but now there was another thing that came up that I'd like to address uh, really quickly. And somebody was trying to compare the boot camp to Woof. And um, I don't know, have, have, have any of you had anything to do with Woof? Nope. Just okay. hearing about it. Just hearing about it, okay. Your program, the boot camp seems to be a lot more than Woofing, though. Yes, yes. And so somebody was, was saying to me that they felt the boot camp sucked because the boot camp requires 40 hours a week. And that and they they said that Woof requires only 20 hours. And I said, I'm pretty sure Woof is set up for 36 hours a week. It's 6 hours a day, 6 days a week, 36 hours. No, 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 it's 20. So I went and I looked it up. And I found out that most WOOF sites do 30 to 40 hours per week. And it's rare that any of them do less than 30. Um, and uh, and then, of course, on top of that, you've got to do your chores to kind of clean up after yourself, which is what we basically do with NASA. So I felt that that was an unfair thing to say. And I felt, I felt really raw about it. And then... Um, uh, the next thing is, is that uh, when you go and you work on a woof site, then it's kind of like um, somebody is selling that produce, and and you come and you work, and then when the work is all done, the harvest is in, then they send you down the road, 
And they turn around and they sell all that produce and they profit from your health. But I believe that uh, 95% of the time that a boot puts into the boot camp goes to current and future boots. I am not profiting. No one is profiting. Um, and, uh, uh, in fact, everything that I do here, everything that the boot camp does runs deep in the red. And so, um, I, so therefore I kind of felt like it was an unfair comparison. Basically, at a wolf site, the product is the produce. But here in the boot camp, the product is the boot. I mean, we're trying to grow the future leadership of permaculture. And so let's build natural buildings for them to live in and grow their food. And then in time, they're going to, you know, tap out and have their own acre and uh, something a lot like Allerton Abbey with full gardens and a fence and all of that stuff. Um, so I kind of felt a little pissy about hearing that. I was kind of like, really? In order for them to push this thing about 20 hours, they just were emphatic and stated it as if it's a fact. And when I go to look it up, because I, I was sure it was 36 hours, because we've hosted buffers before, and it's 36 hours. And <clears throat> so um, uh, I, was, I was feeling like, I don't think so. No, it's true. It's true. So, no, it turns out that, that they were very wrong. Not just wrong, but very wrong. And so, anyway, all right. I, I put it to a couple of the boots here. Like, what, uh, what time, what percentage of your time do you believe goes back to the boot camp? Like, what, what percentage of your time is for current boots and future boots? And, and uh, Des said that he believes it's 95%, and Magdalene believes it's 100%. And so, um, and I kind of thought about it for a while, and I kind of thought the 5% difference, that could be where I have uh, stated that we're going to do an experiment, and the experiment fails. So I effectively wasted boot time by working on the experiment, and they didn't derive any benefit from a failed experiment. And so, but I don't think that that happens very often. So, all right. Uh, and, and failed experiments you do benefit from because now in the future, those who participated in it can tell somebody with certainty that thing you want to do, I've already done that. And let me tell you what happened. And either you can improve upon it for the next experiment or you just won't waste your time doing it again. So technically, they do benefit from even failed experiments I, if they can I think- learn from failure. I, I think it's debatable. I think a person could argue that that time was wasted. But I agree with you. Like, we're going to – we there's no way we could have known unless we tried. And then we – I think tried. part of that is, like, only you guys know that when you fail an experiment. I feel like a failed experiment still needs to be publicized, make a post about it at least, or maybe a YouTube video, or else it's just tribal knowledge. You know, I've got some weird pushback on that, too, because I, I feel like it's good information to share. Yeah. And let's get some knowledge out there about it. And um, 
And then I had some people here that were like, I don't want to be involved in that project because I think it might fail. And then my name will be attached to a project that failed. And so it's, and it's like, uh, so part of their message was, is that, cause they also emphatically said this, you've got to stop mentioning projects that we work on that fail because, ah. because it's embarrassing. And then that means that there is somebody that was involved in that project. And maybe it's not the design, but maybe it's the people that worked on the project. And so therefore it's like, so I had, I had one person here who was like, I will only work on projects that I feel certain will succeed. And and it shouldn't be at a place with the word lab in the, in the name. <laughs> I think yeah. You're right. I think you're right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I think I've been pretty good about sharing, uh, stuff where there's a failure. I do think that there's some things mm-hmm. where we've kept it pretty discreet. Like we don't mention it in the podcasts because somebody made a mistake. And, and okay. I think, and then when people are here, we'll sometimes talk about those things. But we won't put it into a podcast. Um, <clears throat> but it's also kind of funny how the, you know people will make a mistake and then I have to pay for it. Like literally dollars. And it's like we had one year where one person made a mistake and it set the whole project back $20,000. And it's like, we couldn't, we, we were hamstrung the rest of the year until the next fixer. And so, um, and it's like, yeah, just this one person, this, you know, yeah, I could go, I can't go into any further detail, but you get the idea. All right. The thing, the next thing I wanted to mention was, is that uh, tomorrow, uh, so anybody who signs up for the boot camp today, then they'll go on the waiting list. And tomorrow I'm going to email the waiting list and say, who wants to be here on August 22nd? And uh, those people that arrive on August 22nd are going to be able to attend the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree in October. And um, uh, those, and then if there's anybody there, uh, at the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree, they can take all this video and either cash it in for YouTube videos or cash it in for like a full-on movie. And uh, maybe we can make a, a full-on uh, a movie into a full-on Kickstarter or something like that. There's there's lots and lots of potential there. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> is that could, today and tomorrow? Uh, as of recording this or as of when it's released? As of recording this. So really the only people that are in the podcast world that'll get, that'll understand this are the people that are, cause the, we record it, I'll send it to the guy that does the editing and then he'll send it to me and I'll make it available to the Patreon people like within a few hours. Ah. So the Patreon, patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton, the people that back the Patreon for podcasts, they'll be finding out about it tonight if they listen to the podcast tonight or tomorrow morning. And they might be able to do that if they want to. Um, but yeah, when the podcast in general goes out, by that time it'll be too late. Uh, you won't go good. But I do think another thing is, is that there are some people that are very industrious 
And if they come out to be part of the, the boot camp for a week, we've had some very industrious people come out for just a week or two. And wow, they really move us forward. They really help us out. And, and I think that that's a big part of it is, is not only to move our projects forward, but to move the boot camp forward. And of course, uh, another big thing is, is that, uh, the food that I provide to the boot camp is, is pretty humble fare. And uh, <laughs> people with real jobs will swing by the good food store on their way out here and bring out a, a lot of uh, bonus foods. And uh, uh, the boot camp will be very happy to receive that. You suddenly have a, a whole bunch of new best friends. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> this food is good. Uh, so, uh, so that's the, the Rocket Master Jamboree is coming up. And of course, people can buy tickets for that. Um, and then of course, in January is the Garden Master Course. Who just bought a ticket for the Garden Master Course? I did. <laughs> um, I think that, I think that class is going to be amazing. Um, and, and now I'm getting stuff and I, I, I see the emails. You know, zipping by in my email river uh, about how there are people, and I'm going to guess it might be you, uh, Oblin. There are people that are like wanting to rent a bunk in the um, solarium. Solarium, yes. But it's like and the thing I keep saying to um, uh, Lara and the others, uh, Nicole, is that I don't feel comfortable renting out a bunk in the solarium until the solarium is complete. And uh, if we had 12 people in the boot camp, I'd probably feel a lot more comfortable with that. But right now, we only have three. And so it's going to be slow going. And I'm kind of like a little nervous. Are we going to be able to get it done in time? Um, because one of the things that we do is we never we, – we, we insist that you never work on one thing for more than half a day. So – it's not like we're going to have everybody working on the solarium all day, every day for weeks at a time. It's half a day every day for weeks at a time, maximum. And because there's so many other priorities right now, it might only be three half days a week. So that's going to slow it way down. And uh, it's like, boy, we could sure use a lot of people in the boot camp. And so, um, uh, Fortunately, some, a lot of people have been signing up to the waiting list. We've got over 50 people in the waiting list, but the last time we put a shout-out and said, we'll take four more people in the boot camp, we had only one taker. And uh, and that guy shows up tomorrow. He'll be here tomorrow. Um, and so it's kind of like, no matter how many people are on the boot camp, you're probably going to get in <laughs> whenever you want kind of a thing. So. All right. And, and, and somebody who comes up there and isn't sure about, like, well, how am I going to pay for my cell phone or my little odds and ends that, because like you're saying, you're already taking care of their lodging, you're taking care of their food. Um, and with that, the reverse Kickstarter, uh, the BRK, you can make a good amount of money for every hundred posts. Um, from what I've seen, you know, that list is substantial, uh, as far as what people are, are pledging for people to, to post. And essentially it's about every three months you would get that, that lump sum. And if you had somebody who's taking care of filming for the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree, 
they could technically double dip in that they film everything for the event and then they could make say you're going to do the movie right for that and then they could make movie trailers that would be shorter videos that could go out onto youtube to promote that so technically they could do both so a person i think could could be very comfortable in just doing what i would say is not a lot of work day to day on the brk you know is it three pictures or a video i think per day is the yeah. minimum so it's yeah. a post so yeah there's people that are doing that all the time and you get so many different experiences while you're up there you just keep your phone in your pocket and you know take pictures of cool stuff as you're doing it so it's really not that much to post those pictures into your thread and and be done so and then if you shoot a little video during the week you know while you're working in the boot camp um, of some interesting thing and then edit the video up on the weekend then get paid again for making that video putting on my YouTube channel. Yeah. So I imagine that if you're going to edit uh, a video that's going to be about, you know, three minutes long or four minutes long, I mean, um, that should be like an hour or so of video editing. And if you've never edited video before, maybe it'll be two or three hours the first time. Um, and it's like, but still, I mean, to get a hundred bucks, uh, an hour is, I think, pretty amazing coin. Um, yeah. and then it's like, maybe you can put together two or three videos on the weekend, but, and make even more. But it's like, it's your day off and you only have, you know, one whole day off. Um, and, uh, they do the, uh, Sunday's also a day off, but they do, uh, like a one hour cleaning blitz on Sunday mornings. This podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.